And welcome to a new episode of the Heart Guide Media Podcast. And this is going to be a, a little, uh, not super long, but I just wanted to express uh, my feelings on Rick Ocasek uh, and the cars and what this band uh, kind of meant to me. Um, obviously, with the passing of uh, Rick Ocasek. Um, and I know he's pronounced Rick Ocasek. Uh, I've heard it pronounced Rick Ocasek and Rick Ocasek. Either way, um, what a visionary uh, musician um, and integral to to my love for music. Uh, if you follow the Heart God Media Instagram page at all, um, we're kind of unlike any other uh, podcast because we exclusively cover horror and genre films, but we also do music episodes, and that's exactly what this one is. Um, but uh, if you follow it, you 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 saw some of my uh, written expression on my thoughts on what the cars have meant uh, to music in general and to me, um, and uh, a lot of that was a lot of that vision of the cars is obviously comes from from Rick Ocasek, and um, you know passing away at seventy years old just. Uh, a little less than two weeks ago now. I've been meaning to do this episode, but honestly, I I, I just haven't had the time. But now I uh, found a little bit of uh, space to, to talk about it. And, uh, you know, that song that opens up this podcast is actually uh, most of the music that you hear, save for like maybe 40, 50 percent of it, um, is, you know, digital. You're hearing digital music that is added into the show after or, or what have you. But um there is some music um, that you're hearing original vinyl pressings from, and that's exactly what you heard. The beginning of this was playing right from directly from the stereo, um, and it is a mint, probably the most mint uh, vinyl I own. Uh, very pristine Candy O. The Cars came out in '79. Their um, sophomore effort after the after their they're self-titled in 78, which was just so littered with hits. I mean, you know, you talk just what I needed, let the good times roll, my best friend's girl, and moving in stereo, I mean, uh, you know, for, for my childhood, moving in stereo was everything, and not just because Fast Times at Richmond High and, and, uh, and Phoebe Cates, I mean, Believe me, that adds to it. But, you know, I, rem- I vividly remember, it's one of my very first music memories ever, is sitting in a department store named Ames, sitting in the parking lot with my father. My mother was inside, and I'm sitting in my father's black Ford Bronco. This is probably, I mean, I really couldn't tell you how young I was. I was very young, probably 91, 92 it was one of my, it's one of my very first cognizant memories that I have. And the sun's just about down. It's still, you know, like a, a pretty like brooding uh, sunset happening in, you know, August. I don't know. I, I know it was summer because I, I think it was, I remember it being hot and I just remember the sunsets being vivid in the summertime. So like I said, I'm not trying to like lie and, and try to, you know, uh, sensationalize and romanticize this in my mind, but if I remember, it was definitely summer, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and 
up in the the bench seat because those had bench seats. Uh, I th- maybe there were two. I think there were two pilot seats in the front, and then there was a bench seat in the back. So I think I was in the bench seat in the back. But a, a Ford Bronco. Can't really remember what year it was, but it was a black Ford Bronco, and I remember the seats inside were red. So we're and it was like that. They weren't leather. It was like that school bus, like uh, pleather that the school bus seats were made out of. That was in this Ford Bronco. And I remember the sun was just about down. And that beginning of moving in stereo started. And I just thought it was like super creepy and trippy. And like I was a little like afraid at the time. I was like, this is super creepy. But I was digging it. And, you know, maybe that goes into my love for horror films as well. And, um, I, and I remember just like literally, you know, letting it take me on the journey, listening to, to moving in stereo and how hypnotizing Rick Ocasek's voice was and how hypnotizing the music was and what this, uh, you, you know, from that point on immediately, like I was like just all completely obsessed with the cars and, uh, they've just been, uh, they've been a constant in my life, because my father was a fan, which is funny, because my father was a, he was like, you know, what is now considered classic rock, he was, you know, he was into, you know, Blue Oyster Cult, Ted Nugent, Led Zeppelin, you know, the the big, the huge bands of the 70s, you know, Uh, ACDC, you know, those bands that were gigantic in the 70s, Cheap Trick, you know, those were like his bands. But when the cars came out in 78, you know, they're still, you know, the 80s and like New Wave was, New Wave really wasn't like a, a thing. And I know a lot of people, you know, the cars are considered like a New Wave band and like one of the first real true blue New Wave bands. But the cars were just a band I think anyone can get, could get into and anyone could listen to. Because I mean, look, with classics, like, you know, be good times roll and 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 moving in stereo i mean i can only imagine that so many people were just blazed uh, you know smoking the dankest kush that they could find um listening to moving in stereo and you know there's so many hits undeniable hits and uh i think they they were a band that were so accessible to everyone and, and that maybe that was why uh my father was a fan as well and graciously uh you know listen to them in front of me enough for me to, you know, fall in love with them. And, uh, it was, uh, it's a special, it's a special band and and they have such a special place in my heart. But, and I remember having that cassette of the self-titled, uh, that my father had, uh, because where could you play, you know, your cassettes the most or were in your vehicle. But, um, and I was, I always listened to the cars. I played the cars so much on our local radio station, 95X, before it was terribly, terribly littered with uh, modern, uh, you know, modern rock and stuff now. But uh, before then, you know, all these, I was listening to that and I was probably around, you know, probably uh, 12, 11, 12 years old, I discovered their sophomore record, Candia, which is my favorite record. It's one of my favorite records of all time. It's my favorite Cars record. And for whatever reason, this record just so, like, stuck with me so much, you know. Uh, Let's Go is arguably one of the most, like, popular songs of all time, like, in my eyes. Um, The song that opened this was Double Life, which is 
which is, uh, you know, the, the fourth track on the first side and one of my, uh, favorite songs of all time. It's my favorite Cars song is Double Life. So I had to open that one, uh, up with it. And, uh, just, uh, you know, it, it has such a classic timeless sound, especially Candy O, but all their records, but mainly Candy O for me. And just like that iconic, looking at it right now, I have it in my hands and it still mesmerizes me as a young, as a, as it, as it did when I first saw it as a young, you know, preteen boy seeing an outline of a car with a, a beautiful, you know, strawberry blonde woman laying on it with like a see-through bodysuit on, but her leg, it was just, uh, you know, it was exactly what I wanted to see. I mean, it's just like a simple, a simple, uh, delivery on the front too. And it's just, uh, they had such amazing songwriting and, and I remember, uh, you know, shortly after I discovered Candy O, Benjamin Orr actually passes away in, uh, I think it was slightly before actually, um, because I think I discovered Candy O in like 2000, yeah, it was probably right around that time. Like I was like 12, 11, 12, 13 years old when I, when I really found this record, um, when I actually got a vinyl copy of it. I, now I own a much, much better vinyl copy because the vinyl copy I had, I think was my father's and his cousin's that they would go have these on. And it was just tore up from bringing it to parties and stuff. And they wrote their names on it, you know, so no one steals your records when you're going to these house parties in the 70s. Um, but I have, like, such a nice, pristine copy of it now. But um, And uh, Benjamin Orr died right around that time. And I remember being so bummed because I was just like, oh, my God, I'll never. The cars were inactive at that point anyway. But I was like, oh, my God, I'll never be able to see, like, the original lineup of the cars, the original five guys. Like, this is terrible. This sucks. Um, and that was, that was super depressing, but that fueled my love for music. Like I listened to the cars so much, um, as a youngster, just, uh, you know, on the radio and stuff. And then finding my love, my love for vinyl was found, you know, and in, in right around that time, cause I had cassettes and stuff like that. And right around the time I got a CD player, I was late to the CD game as well. I was still buying cassettes in like 99, 2000. So right around that time, 2000, I think the year 2000 was my first uh, CD. Um, yeah, I was late to the game. I was still buying cassettes because cassettes were cheaper and my family didn't have a lot of money. So I was still buying cassettes. So, and uh, But right around that time, uh, I you know discovered vinyl and just my love. The experience of vinyl is just sitting down and looking at it and just sitting down and listening to it and being committed to it because you have to get up and flip the record and keeping it clean, and there was a lot of care that went into them, and they, I've always loved that, and the cars are a big part of that, because one of the first records I remember having to keep clean was Candy O, and maybe that's why it's one of my favorite records, I just have like a, a deep connection to my physical, my love for physical media and the cars, and and Rick O. Kasich um, means so much to the music world, and you know, he went on to produce and help uh, Weezer produced so many of their great memorable records, and uh, it's just uh, it's undeniable his songwriting ability. Obviously, there's just so many Cars hits. Y even people I feel like listen to Cars songs, they don't even realize uh, 
you know, they even know them. And then they come on, they're like, oh yeah, I know this one. Oh yeah, I know this one. Oh yeah, I know this one. And that just speaks to the songwriting ability of all those guys. And especially the mind of Rick Ocasek. And Rick Ocasek just looked like a rock star. He looked like, you know, an outskirts of society weirdo, like wearing like kind of like odd, you know, like a, like black pants, uh, you know, a a black tie, white shirt, and then like a, a teal blazer and black wayfarers and an earring, you know, in his right ear and just like, just look different, especially for the time. He was such a, you know, a rock and roller, um, you know, even that was just kind of, they bridged like, you know, to, to my eyes, they were like, they were so like against the grain in a lot of ways, but they were so popular too. It was such a, it was such a, it's an odd thing, but they were just, like I said, everything that he's done, uh, outside of the cars too, is just, uh, it can't, it just can't be denied. He's had such a hand in helping you. Weezer, especially Weezer posted. And I was glad because sometimes I feel like, I feel like these bigger bands, like they don't manage their accounts and they just kind of like grieve when something like this happens, um, on their own. And they don't really post anything super, uh, public about it. But Weezer was so outspoken, and posted a nice little, uh, you know, uh, eulogy type, uh, thing about Rick and, and what Rick Ocasek meant to their band, you know, especially producing, uh, their first record, the Blue Album, which is iconic in, like, I don't even know what you want to call it, just the, the music world, period, like, the Blue Album is just so, so iconic, like, the Sweater Song, Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, and that that record is just, like, a staple of my life, too, like, I mean, I feel like everybody loved and knew Weezer, too, and a lot of that, they, they credit, you know, to Rick Ocasek's ability to help them form songwritings and stuff, and it was just so, if that doesn't tell you what that truly, you know, means, it, to everything, and then he produced, like, beyond that, you know, before Weezer, he produced a Bad Brains, a, a Bad Brains record in 83, um, what was it, Rock for Light, I think, um, he did a Romeo Void, uh, Alan Vega, he did a Patti Smith record, uh, I know people are really big fans of Suicide, and he, and he did, uh, he worked with Suicide a few times, and, you know, the Weezer Blue Album, uh, I think he worked with Bad Religion. I know he did Not a Surf High Low because I loved that record too. Before I even knew that, before I was even looking at record credits and stuff, I remember, I remember that that Not a Surf record like so vividly, uh, and because uh, popular was on you know MTV and stuff in the nineties, and uh, just uh, you know he and then he goes on to produce another band like he he obviously is in Weezer's existence for a, a while and he ends up uh producing even if it kills me uh, a few tracks on that uh Motion City soundtrack record and Motion City soundtrack is a band I adore and that's just where his reach kind of went into and you know he sadly passes away at 70 
and you know we have three uh cars left now that rick and and benjamin or are gone but the music is going to live on forever like i'll be listening to the self-titled i'll be listening to candio i'll be listening to panorama i'll be listening uh to all their records until you know i take my final breath like and it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm 31 now. So if I live another 40 years, you know, his music's going to live on. It'll, yeah, music outlives everything because music will always be there. And it means uh, it means so much in, to me with the Cars music that and it has like such a nostalgic factor some of my first music memories you know I immediately think of my father who's no longer with us so it's it's just such a deep music is the most powerful thing and I love movies and movies are very power powerful and this podcast is based so much about horror movies and groundbreaking horror movie makers like George Romero and Wes Craven and John Carpenter and Toby Hooper and all these filmmakers that we talk about how what these movies meant to us and, and seeing them and what these filmmakers meant to us and that's powerful but music has always been my first true love and it always will be and the cars were integral extremely integral into creating that love of music for me and I, I don't doubt that I would have fallen in love with music regardless but the cars taught me respect for music, having to clean and take care of, you know, my Candy O record, um, because it was in pretty rough shape, so I had to take care of it uh, when I got it. Like I said, it was that 70s copy, um, and it still means so much to me now, uh, and, and more so I revel and reminisce about my love for the cars even more now that Rick Ocasek is is gone but it's if you aren't are you if you're a casual cars fan or if you are just you know uh if you are just like a fan of like you know you know a lot of the songs and stuff I urge you to check out all their records and to um uh, check them out on vinyl, and I'm really not. I'm not some guy. That's like, you gotta check them out on vinyl. You gotta, you gotta look at all. You gotta listen to it the real way or whatever. But their records, for some reason, just feel right listening to on vinyl. They just feel so right, and I just, uh, I, I'll never be able to explain it. But it, they just feel right on vinyl. And so if you want to listen to the your Cars records, listen to them, please, on uh, vinyl. And I'm going to leave you with Moving in Stereo. Rest in peace, Rick Ocasek.